Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin this new year by beginning a message which talks about the importance of unity within the church. This message will be titled, The Beauty and Blessing of Unity. The text for this message is Psalm 133. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalm 133 right now and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. So here we go. I want to give you some some context about the Psalms. Um, this commentary that that I love to use, uh, the Expositors Bible Commentary, they 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 set up the importance of the Psalms and what we can glean or learn from the Psalms. Jesus said in Luke twenty four, he says, all of the law, the prophets, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, they all testify of me. This is another passage in our Holy Writ, in the Holy Scriptures, if you will, that testify of the goodness, the beauty, the power, the holiness, the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so they say here, the book of Psalms is a cross section of God's revelation to Israel and of Israel's response in faith to the Lord. The Psalms invite us to experience how God's people in the past related to him. So one of the things I hope that we will engage with as we go through the summer in the Psalms series is we'll see how God's people engage with him in the past and how that gives us a model or provides a makeup for us, how we engage with God in the present, but also not just our response to him, but more so how he responds to us. So they go on to say the book of Psalms is God's prescription for a complacent church. We never want to get complacent family. No matter what is happening, what is going on in life, as as you know it, I, I always feel like I have to use this disclaimer, but it's true. Life does get trying. It does get weighty. It does get taxing. It does get heavy at times. But here's what they say. We never want to become a complacent church. The book of Psalms is God's prescription for a complacent church because through it, he reveals how great, wonderful, magnificent, wise and utterly awe-inspiring he is. Let me say that again. The book of Psalms is God's prescription for a complacent church because through the Psalms, he reveals how great, wonderful, magnificent, wise, and utterly awe-inspiring he is. If God's people before the incarnation could have such a faith in the Lord, witnessing to his greatness and readiness to help, how much more should this be true of us today? How much more should it be true of us today? So family, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the Psalms and through the Psalms again, we want to see how great he is, how wonderful he is, how wise he is, how magnificent he is, how awe inspiring he is. Because in the Psalms, not only does God speak to his people, but we, the people speak to God and God encourages us to use the language of the Psalms in our individual and communal prayers and praise. And so this is what these scholars have provided for us and understand the beauty and blessing of the Psalms for us, how we relate to God, but more importantly, how God, this great God that we serve relates to us. And we do it as a faith community together. And that's what we're going to look at today. That's what we're going to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, whether you're one of the cool kids and you can turn on 
and scroll in your Bible app to Psalm 133, Psalm 133, or you're still old school like me, you still got your paper Bible, if you will turn to Psalm 133, Psalm 133, Psalm 133. We'll be there today. Uh, this Psalm speaks about unity. This one powerful, beautiful word, unity. If you've been around Rebuild Fellowship uh, uh, long enough, you would know this is something that is deeply entrenched in my heart. This is something that I'm striving to lead us in day by day, moment by moment, week by week, month by month, year by year. Should the Lord be merciful to us and tarry that long and provide us that time. This is something that is very important for me and something that I have done my best and even in the areas where I've fallen short, it's my best to keep us one in Christ, united in Christ. And I've learned a lot of that from, from team sports. Uh, whether it was the beginning, my, my entry point into team sports in the fifth grade uh, when I got introduced to volleyball or it's when I began to play football for the short amount of time that I played football or the even longer length of time that I played basketball, even shorter time that I played baseball, all of these sports that I have engaged with over the years from a team perspective have helped me understand the concept of unity. Uh, there's an acronym that many of my coaches used to use back then, and I'm quite sure it's still used today. The acronym for team means together each accomplishes more. And in that place is where I first began to hear about the concept, about the power, about the beauty, about the blessing of unity. Uh, uh, Jordan, when he was uh, uh, in Chicago in some of his early days, uh, Tex Winters, who created the triangle offense that became very famous, that won a lot of championships for a lot of people. And so out of that, um, Jordan one day, Tex Winters comes over to him. He's the assistant coach uh, working on the field, Jackson, and he, he's the one who created the triangle offense. And he says this. He says, watch this. He says, Jordan, I need you to know something. We're going to go to the next level. If we're going to win championships, I'm paraphrasing what he's saying. I'm imagining that I'm Tex Winters in this moment talking to the great Michael Jordan. And he says this, hey, if we're going to do this, you need to involve your teammates. And he says, Jordan, there's no I in team. And classic Jordan, being the true and only goat that he is, yes, I said it, the true and only goat that he is, Michael Jordan says this, yes, coach, that's true. There's no I in team, but it is an I in win. And family, I want to kind of bring those two mindsets together. That when we work together in unity and in harmony, as Christ has died and resurrected for us to be able to do, it will lead us to victory as Christ died and resurrected to give us. When we operate as team, together each accomplishes more. When we operate with the spirit of unity that Christ has gifted to us, we will win. 1 Corinthians 15 says that, Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, O oh death, where is your sting? O oh hell, where is your victory? In Christ, we are positioned from victory, not for victory. 
I need somebody to grab a hold of that. Because you are a son and daughter of the Most High God, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you already have access and have been gifted victory. You're positioned from it, not for it. You don't have to do all these things in order to get God. God has already given it to you through the finished work and the person of Jesus Christ. He's already provided to you. Yes, there are things that we need to do while we are walking in the earth to make sure that victory remains our middle name. So here's what I want you to say. Whatever your name is, your first name, my name is Chuck, middle name Victory, last name Reed, in Jesus' name. That's, that's the little preview with the comma, the in Jesus' name at the end, like junior, senior, whatever, whatever the suffix would be. That's what I want you to say. My name is Chuck, middle name Victory, last name Reed, comma, in Jesus' name. I want you to do that right now. I want you to type. You can type it in the chat right now. So put your first name and your middle name is now Victory. Put your last name there and comma put in Jesus name. Declare that. Speak that to yourself in faith. And so what we're going to look at today, we're going to look at Psalm 133, how it helps us to understand the beauty and blessing of unity. That's the title of my message today. The beauty and blessing of victory. I love what Publius Publia Leas, he's a, uh, 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 he's a Latin uh, writer back in the days. Um, his name, uh, he wrote this and he said this. I'm trying to give you this quote, messed up his name, got a little off track, but here we go. He says this, where there is unity, there is victory. Where there is unity, there is victory. Do you hear that? Where there is unity, there is victory. I've never seen a team in all of my years. I've never seen a team win that wasn't on the same page. That didn't understand the plays, how their team was structured. They developed this level of chemistry and understanding. They were all on the same page. I've never seen a team win. And they weren't on the same page. and They weren't united. Where there is unity, there is victory. And so today, family. Under the leadership and lordship of the Holy Spirit today, empowered by his holy word through Psalm 133, I hope to lead us to see and know more richly that in Christ we truly do it better when we do it together. My hope, dare I even say my goal for this family, uh, and this is something that has been and forever will be a mainstay in my heart and mind as a pastor, as a leader, as a servant in the Lord's church, is to provide you with a vision of how God's desire to see his people live out his message and his mission. One of the ways we can live out his message and his mission is through the beauty of unity, through the power of unity, through the truth of unity. We got to do this together, family. And here, I want you to hear more deeply of what he has placed in my heart about this for our church. I don't want to necessarily preach to you today, but I want to provide you with some information to consider why specifically the subject matter, biblical unity, biblical unity, not as the world prescribes it, as the Bible has declared it and had gives us the prescription for it, why it should matter to us since it matters so much to Jesus. So much so 
that he will pray, family. John chapter 17. Go back and check it out when you have time later today. Please go back and check it. He said, Father, make them one as you and I are one. It meant so much to Jesus before he went to the cross and did what was necessary for our salvation. Jesus prayed this high priestly prayer. Father, make them one as you and I are one. And that's going to be our prayer today. Lord, make us one. And so, family, as you are aware, for those that regularly attend and our covenant family members of, of Rebuild Fellowship, we are striving to be a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational church. And by his grace, we will continue to strive to make significant strides in glorifying our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in this specific way. As we consider the diversity of our local community and as we position ourselves more consistently to proclaim the diversity of the kingdom. I get this from the Holy Scriptures. All throughout the Holy Scriptures I get this, but let me point you specifically to Revelation chapter 5 in this moment in verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and listen to this and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Listen, family, it's important for us to get this. It's important for us to understand that because where there is no unity, there is no victory. But where there is unity, there is victory. Do you hear what he did for us? He ransomed people for God the Father from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. And if Christ taught us, watch this, if Christ taught us to pray that his will could be done in the earth as it is in heaven, then I believe this is also true of his beautiful multi-ethnic bride called the church here in our context. Now, I want to be clear. We can live this out wherever it is possible, when and wherever it is possible. There's some context in the world where you don't experience this level of, of diversity that we experience in the triangle area. But I believe, family, this is a way we can put on a display, a rich display of God's glory here on the earth that will cause people to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? It's all about his message and his mission of seeking and saving the lost. Now, let me be very clear about something. Now, I need you to lean in a little bit to this. Let me be very clear about this. I do not idolize the multi-ethnic church. I glorify his multi-ethnic kingdom. Let me be clear. I don't idolize this. This is not a hill that I'm going to die on. I'm going to, to live my life in a way that communicates who he is or, or, or who he forever will be. That he's the king of kings and lord of lords. And by his grace, by his mercy, by the truth and the authority of his word, I have the power and the ability to do so. Under the leadership and lordship of him, the Holy Spirit, I can be able to accomplish it. But I'm not going to idolize this. Oh, I'm not going to make this the hill I down. I'm not going to idolize this. But I will. I will glorify his multi-ethnic kingdom. I will proclaim what it was proclaimed in Revelation 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, worthy. 
This is a new song. We're in the Psalms. This is a song that I want us to begin to sing together as we begin to establish unity. Go to Revelation 5, verse 9 and 10, and they sang a new song. Let's sing this new song, Rebuild. Let's sing this new song. Sing, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open the seals. And for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Family. Where there is unity, there is victory. And this is a form, not, th this is a form of victory that I want to see in our day. And this is something that I will always champion here at Rebuild Fellowship. We're a church for all people to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. We're a church for all people to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're a church for all people to reproduce the good news of Jesus Christ in Durham, its surrounding communities, and to the very ends of the world. Amen, somebody. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck delivers the second part of this message from Psalm 133.